0: Hello and welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life. Hope you're well. Ed Draper here, sports broadcaster in the UK. Thank you for hitting on the button for this conversation with Anna Allerton. Get to that in just a second. But first and foremost, thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. Thank you to Jason Briggs and his team for their ongoing support. Bang Olufsen underscore Cheltenham on social media. Look them up online, give Jason a call. Be able to fit you with a bespoke home entertainment solution, whatever you are looking for. Also, if you're looking to optimise your immunity, remember the association the podcast has with Cytoplan. A few people hitting me up, actually, friends and family, for the discount code as we head into winter here in the UK, and the coughs and colds abound if you go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, supplements that are made to be as close to as possible, digested as food would be. It's a company we've been using for 20 plus years. My father works as a as consultant there, Dr. Mark Draper, and we believe in them, we pay for them, but with a discount code, and you can share that discount code at Draper10R, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numerals one zero and the capital letter R. And also, don't forget, we're so intent on helping you enjoy life that we've teamed up with the Whole Man Academy, arranged for some lucky listeners to get a 100% free mentoring session with Anthony Asprey. He says, by the end of the session, you'll be much clearer on how to tackle any issues or challenges you're going through, especially if you ever feel stuck or not exactly where you want to be in life. I would say that Anthony charges good money for this. He's giving away five complimentary each month with the Sport & Life podcast and the show notes is a place to go to click through. To put your session. Right, onto the podcast now. Anna Allerton, who has been or had been at Sky Sports for even longer than me. I've been there for 15 years as a broadcaster. She's worked in a myriad of roles and ultimately leadership roles in planning and then outside of Sky Sports News in the broader business as well. Fantastic sports journalist, very knowledgeable person, has left to develop a coaching business with companies specifically in the arena of menopause and perimenopause. And I won't go into any detail on that because I'll let her explain because she's very much the expert. And doing valuable work in that arena now so here it is the podcast with the one and only Anna Allerton Anna Allerton welcome to my humble podcast how are you
1: I'm great thanks Ed thanks for having me lovely to be here
0: yeah it's brilliant to see you you're looking really well and we spoke a couple of weeks ago and you're, you're kind of finding your stride in in the world outside of Sky Sports how's it all going
1: well, every day is a school day and okay. I'm learning something new all the time. Um, the most recent thing for me is I launched my website last week. So talking awesome. in a different, anyone listening that is in that world of building websites will um, wonder what I'm talking about. But it's like learning a foreign language, half of the stuff that the, the web designers have been talking me through and bet, learning all of that stuff has been great. It's um it's quite invigorating actually taking yourself out your comfort zone and doing something different and sort of extracting the positives. It's quite easy, I suppose, when you go off on your own to sort of think, oh, there's lots of negatives. What am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? But I've really tried to sort of um, lean into that kind of, oh, I've learnt this and I've learned that. And um, I still may have that feeling of, I'm not 100% sure what I'm doing here, but <laughs> hey, it's fun, right? So- <laughs>
0: yeah, good for you for you i suppose the strange thing is you don't have a, a boss or someone to ask permission to to do things but i guess you, you had leadership roles as well was there, is there stuff you've carried on over from from sky sports news particularly the planning side of it i guess has been a, a good trait of yours down the years
1: yeah absolutely and um, I, I think probably to, to your first point there about having a boss i think it's more um having people around mm-hmm. um i think my husband has become my kind of um person that i'm like oh should i do this what do you reckon to that can you have a read of this? Um, so I think what I have learned is that I do like being in a team environment. So I'm interested to see how that kind of moves forward for me on my own. Mm. Um, I'm pretty confident in my decision making. And, you know, um up until fairly recently at Sky, I was the head of internal comms. So in a in a head of role, you have to step up and make decisions. And um I I guess the difference of coming away from a really fab, supportive, big, you know, mm. family environment like you get at Sky is that there is always somebody um who is expert at something that <laughs> you can um and would more often than not be very happy to, to talk you through things so I guess that's been the um the change that I've had to adapt to um but yeah I think it's just about being confident in what you're doing and sticking to a plan and I'm a planner so I love a plan so it's all about kind of staying focused on on my goals and objectives at the moment.
0: Yeah, planning is a good trait. I'm definitely not great at it. and It's one that I have to have to work on because otherwise you feel like you're tumbling into a day and then it's it's reactive rather than proactive, which I'm trying to develop at the age of 41. So it's an interesting time to, to uh, do it. But, <laughs> but, but tell us about the, the, the catalyst for the change as well. And, and per- it's perimenopause, isn't it? Because I was calling it perimenopause yeah. for a bit, but it's pronounced perimenopause
1: well peripera you know as long as we're talking about it let's not worry too much about the detail right so yeah perimenopause is um it, it is uh, as many people will know you know it's it's the um it's the start of menopause it's the phase in a woman's life before you hit menopause so um not to sort of get bogged down in science but just you know a clear definition is you know w- women in their 30s can start developing symptoms of of perimenopause um But basically, the difference between perimenopause and menopause is that when you are perimenopausal, you will still have a period. Mm. So to be defined as um, menopausal, you would have been um, sort of 12 months straight without having a period. And that's the kind of medical definition for it. Um, And and I think, you know, why I'm particularly passionate about perimenopause is I am a perimenopausal woman. Mm. I'm quite happy to talk about it. Um, it's something that I knew nothing about until um, someone actually said to me, "Look, I think maybe you need to start exploring what this is." Um, mm. And who, who I, said
0: that? Was that was that at work or at home?
1: It, it was a colleague. Yeah, it was a colleague um, who sort of said, "Look, the way you're feeling and and some of the way your behaviours, I think you need to go go away and just either talk to a medical professional or just do a little bit of research yourself." And it set me on this journey of. Um, I mean, it's embarrassing almost to admit it, Ed, that I didn't know what it was. Mm. And um, and I think a lot of women in their 30s um, know what menopause is. But, you know, this perimenopause, we don't talk about that much. And it's affecting women much yeah. earlier than people are realising.
0: But to be fair to you as well, that you just had two babies relatively recently, which I guess for a lot of us at Sky, that's why it was a surprise when, when you started talking about this, because we felt that those two things couldn't go hand in hand, but evidently they can
1: well I think they can and I think this is part of the learning and I think it's really important to stress that you know my story might resonate with a few people but it's very individual everyone's story mm. is different and I guess this is the this is the issue that you get when you're talking about a subject like this there's not just one big catch-all like right here's the problem here's the solution it's very everyone's journey is very very different and bespoke but yeah i had come back from um my second child um and it was about sort of 13, she was, she was about 13, 14 months. So I must've been a couple of months back in from returning from mat leave and I just didn't feel right. Mm. And, um and, you know, and I sort of thought, Oh, it's baby brain. It's all of this. And yeah. Realized, Cause you're always yeah, tired,
0: especially you've got two young ones at home. You,
1: you're always tired, you know, and you, uh, as a woman, you don't expect your body to bounce back anytime soon. And <laughs> You know, know, and I think also, you know, I had the luxury of I'd been through um, it all with my firstborn. So, but it just didn't feel like that. And I think the key thing here is that, you know, your own body, male or female, you know, your own body. Mm. And, you know, and it it set me on this journey of um, just a shocking year, frankly. And, you know, I had um, I had 12 appointments by the end of 10 months with a GP. Until they referred me. And they just basically didn't believe me. Because of your age.
0: Because of my age.
1: Yeah. They said it wasn't possible at sort of 38, 39 to be going through this. Um, the quick diagnosis was you probably need some antidepressants. That that will pick you up, that'll pick up your low mood, that will sort out your anxiety. And just completely ignored all the other symptoms that I had, you know, this this sort of really awful ins- insomnia that then went sort of hand in hand with the anxiety yeah um and then brain fog that lots of people certainly any any women and men actually are yeah. you know, experiencing this with with women in their lives will be nodding along the brain fog was just nuts
0: hmm. and what, what does that feel like just you can't think about what you're doing next as you, you just
1: yeah. your brain just doesn't function and it it, it's you know you could say something to me now Ed and I'll be like right let me just grab a pen and then that process of putting pen to paper and writing it down I'll be like what did you just say what mm. what what did we talk about but then it you're almost in your head where you think I can't say that because you know he's just said it and he's going to think what's going on and then <laughs> You know, you start to think, I, I basically said to my husband, I think we need to go and see some sort of brain expert because I think I've got some sort of early onset. Oh, no. I do not function yeah. in the way that I think I should be functioning as a 39-year-old woman. Mm. And, um, and you know, and then this process with the GP not listening. And, you know, in, in terms of why I'm now so passionate to raise awareness, Ed, it's really about, you know... There is a massively brilliant, supportive network of very, very clever women mm-hmm. in the menopause and perimenopause space. And they're quite easy to tap into on Instagram and, and online. And fortunately, I was able to read some of their books. And um, there are books now written for women to prepare you on how to talk to your GP because there is acknowledgement you are not going to get what you need from your GP. No. So let's strategize which is horrifying, really, Mm. you know, you should be able to go to your GP with anything and they say, right, okay, we are well resourced with this. The fundamental problem here is that GPs could opt in to the menopause module at medical
0: school. Wow, that's interesting.
1: And so my the last GP that I had a conversation with was a male GP. And his response was, I think I need to link you up with a gp in our surgery who knows about women's things okay right okay that's yeah. really helpful you're, you're you're a family gp
0: that well, yeah, well, presumably that. half of your his his uh, patients will be females exactly so, yeah. half of
1: his patients will be going through this and um so this book basically advised me to ask the gp did you opt into the menopause module and he said no i didn't i didn't have to hmm. and um and so that's when i ended the conversation um, oh, wow. And he said that he wouldn't refer me because it's professionally embarrassing to be referred to a doctor for this. It will yeah. make him look bad. Um, so I spoke to the female in his practice who apparently knows about women's things. <laughs> and um, she referred me within five minutes. And then right. my referral was with a private doctor who is a gynecologist who um, is an expert also in menopause and perimenopause. And she had prescribed hrt within minutes wow. based
0: on what, what, I told. what difference what, what the symptoms go from to afterwards after you, you started the hrt
1: so look my, my symptoms were anxiety um emotions that i couldn't control um, you know i wasn't a particularly tearful person but i would cry at the top, drop of the hat and i would mm. not be able to control it um, the insomnia heart palpitations to the point of bringing on sort of panic attacks um you know my hair was falling out I had skin like I you know like a sort of 14 15 year old all over again wow um
0: and that's a midpoint of hormones is it is that the estrogen it's, it's going, just your hormones
1: yeah. have dipped and your body's going out ah, what's going on here um you know, horrendous periods, um, headaches. Uh, The only thing I think actually I didn't have, but I now do have, lucky me, um, hot flushes. Mm. So, um, But what HRT did, and, and I think the really important thing here is, is I'm not gonna sit here and be a massive campaigner and advocate for HRT. It's, you know, there are lots of different views and theories around HRT but it worked for me and it, yeah. and it doesn't work for every woman. And it often takes a lot of hard work, adjusting dosage and things like that to get it right for you. Um. So it, it dealt, it dealt with the anxiety. What, what it, what, what I was able to do on anxiety uh, on, on HRT was know when my anxiety was going to hit. So it's always the 16th of the month. The 16th really? of the month I know phew, it's going <laughs> to go like that. But what that does is it empowers me.
0: So that's midpoint of the cycle, is it? Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's about five to seven days before I'm due a period. Okay. Um, And so I know, and then I know that, you know, the PMS will ramp up. And, you know, it. but what it is, is I know it's coming now. And I know it's going to pass. Whereas for about a year, it never passed. Mm. And it just was constant all the time. I used to have about two weeks of anxiety. And now I have sort of two days. Yes um you know it really settled down my period it's um it's just given me so much clarity and i think you know i was able to work better and also be a better wife and mother i think that was the Mm. really key thing here
0: yeah Um, it's it's interesting what you said about knowing your own body because I'm nodding along there in parallels with COVID and clearly I could never have perimenopause but sometimes with the symptoms you're like oh yeah you know a bit of anxiety I've had that or or insomnia I've had that but clearly this is something that you saw as a profound difference to how you felt before is how significant is that in terms of I guess figuring out whether it is something significant or it's just regular phases of of anxiety or insomnia well
1: I think I've never experienced it before in my life you know you have I mean you don't even call it insomnia you know what it's like being a father you just accept you're just not going to sleep for a good few years right yeah but it was different it was sort of waking at three in the morning and not being able to go back to sleep um fretting over the most ridiculous things you know um really small things at that time just felt huge and then that would bring on the heart palpitations and the panic attacks and the trying to breathe and calm yourself down and and then you just sort of get whipped up into this cycle and then you know it's going to happen the next night and the next night and the next night and Mm. And
0: it gets worse it spirals doesn't it and then you drink caffeine in a day and then it makes it worse yeah yeah
1: Yeah. and um you know it's i think to answer your question it was simply i'd never had anything like that before Mm. i was very very fortunate I'm very grateful that I hadn't suffered from any sort of mental health issues or anything that I could relate it to and that's why it was such a shock that's yeah. why I sort of I thought there is something seriously wrong with my brain and um, you know and it takes you to that place you think mm. such awful awful thoughts um so yeah look I think it's um and, and I guess the tricky thing is, is for women who are going through it and actually symptoms ramp up, but they've had they've had experience of it before, and therefore to try and get some clarity there is quite difficult.
0: Yeah, um, that's what that's where the, the the blood tests come into play, is it? The, is that where the significance is to get it checked out so you can actually ascertain the hormone balance and things like that?
1: Well, you see. I'm not a medical professional, so I don't want anyone listening to this, taking this as gospel. Me neither. Keep, <laughs> yeah. keep reiterating yeah. my experience is my experience, and the next person's is going to be very different. There is there is quite a viewpoint amongst medical professionals that blood tests aren't the be-all. Okay. Um, and certainly the doctor I spoke to, the expert, sort of said, look, we, we could blood test you every single day of the cycle. Um and it still wouldn't give us a complete reading. And and I think this may be where some women aren't getting the treatment that they need or that they deserve because there's an emphasis on, oh, your bloods are okay. Mm. Um, I never had a blood test. I never had a blood test. I was never invited for one and um, I was never encouraged to have one by the expert. Um, But what I had done, um, I kept a very detailed log um, there is um, an incredible woman called um, Dr. Newson. Um, she's sort of a, a real campaigner, expert, folks. it's her book actually that I read oh, that prepared me on how to have a conversation with a GP. So I've just got big love for Dr. Newson. <laughs> and she's um she set up um her own research um, space. Um and you know, it's really evidence-backed research that she um shares with people. And You know, she has this app called Balance, and it—it was uh, you were able to um, log your symptoms on this Mm -hmm. Balance app, which I would 100% recommend to people because without that log that I then downloaded as a PDF and sent in, you know, ahead of my appointment with the gynecologist menopause expert, she just needed to look at that, and it was a detailed log of everything over a year and that was what helped her diagnose it and i think the the blood thing is something that people need to take away and do their own research or Mm. consult an expert on but for me it was more the logging of symptoms
0: and for yeah for for obviously for the medical people that's a help but for you personally i suppose when you when you are struggling with mental fog to have that in black and white on a piece of paper actually probably made you realize i'm not going crazy this is a you know this is a kind of progressive regular thing that's that the facts are here.
1: Absolutely. And it was able it enabled myself and I was able to show my husband and we were able to sort of extract from that data, right? Mm. So, you know, we're we're sports journalists, we love data, we like (laughs) stats, we like to sort of work with things like that. And you know what that did was that's where I know that the 16th is a really shocking day for me. Um and that's where you sort of know right i'm four or five days away from having a period now because this this is all sort of ramped up and oh look this is my really good window so let's book <laughs> a holiday and go and have a lot. so i think it's kind of um, how do you how
0: do you handle it at home because how much is that navigating you mentioned your husband and your children is it, it i guess for them as well the, the fact that it's transient it's not going to be there forever is is a big boost
1: yeah yeah it is a big boost i think my husband loves hrt almost as much as me <laughs> but um i think what it does is that it, it's also i mean my children are too young they're they're 2 and 5 so you know that it's not something that um is anything that we would share with them but for my husband, certainly, who's like such an incredible ally of mine, it's just, it's a case of you have to talk to each other. You know, mm. I think historically women didn't even talk to women about this problem. No. Um, and it was almost a case of, you know, we've just got to just get on with it. You know, this is what's happening. And yeah, it is what's happening. But, you know, I, I sort of, I've talked to a lot of different women in this menopause space. And there's, there's a fantastic woman called Diane Danzebrick. Who um, who has a sort of campaign, um, a make menopause matter campaign, which um, anyone in the sort of menopause space will, will be well aware of it. And mm. um, she has, through her tremendous work, managed to get perimenopause and menopause on the curriculum at schools,
0: know, at school, secondary school, brilliant.
1: At school, none of us learned about this. No. So you know, I think we have to be slightly kinder on ourselves to say. we weren't taught it so we Mm. don't just know it so it's going to be different now thanks to women like Diane that children are going to have um more knowledge than we ever did coming coming to this point in our lives but I think the, the key thing here um and definitely you know it's October it's Menopause Awareness Month you know October the 18th is Menopause Awareness Day and the key thing is that awareness word you know we're having a very honest and open conversation Mm. together you'll extract something from it that will benefit your life at some point you know and i think it's similarly with my husband it's just about sharing so that you know women don't have to bottle this all up
0: what what can we do around it as well you said there's there's a cute times of the month where it's it's most difficult for you is there is this our behavior what can we do at those times because I'm sure we've been in those situations where we men have a tendency to try and solve things if, if women are feeling they've got a problem and actually that's sometimes the worst thing you can do
1: yeah look I think it I think the fact that you want to solve is just shows such a a caring impressive side to a personality but I think it's just it's just being on that journey with you know another half Um, a sibling a friend a Mm. colleague you know and I think that that's that's where I'm particularly niche in my work is I focus on the work the workplace um but I think as home as men you know it's just you know women need to share but I think also what what I have noticed my husband sends me whatsapp messages of I've read this article have you seen this have you seen that yeah and he is actively trying to understand it too he acknowledges he can't fix it Mm. Um, but I can sort of say to him, "Look, you know, I'm at this point, or I'm a bit, or, yeah. you know, I'm not quite right today, or, or something." And it's just that simply just sharing it, mm. you know.
0: And it yeah, was I think just often, when, often when often when. often when men talk to each other, it's a pattern. And obviously this is, you know, this is a generalization and people are individual on a spectrum. But often when we have conversations, it's about practical things. So it's like, what car should I buy? How should I fix this, etc. This, you know, how do I mow the lawn? What's the best mower? Is it electric or lawn? And actually we're used to someone saying to us, this is my advice. And they like giving that advice. And I notice it's a pattern sometimes where actually just listening can actually be a positive for, for your wife or sister or mother.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. And look, it's, it's also, you know, I think my husband's got an interest because he, we, you know, he's raising two young, mm. young girls, you know, so he understands that he needs to know about this stuff. But, you know, I think it's also, um, it for, for men as well, you know, it's hard when a woman goes through this. Mm. And, um, you know, that it, it's not their fault and they can't fix it and it's stressful for them and, and to your point you know it's almost like right if we do a plus b we'll get c let's just do that and they can't do that so they feel quite powerless to do anything um and you know relationships really suffer during this time mm. you know um different different women that i sp- speak to through my work now you know I spoke to a therapist actually the other day who does a lot of work more on the counselling side of things, whereas I'm more business-focused and executive coaching. And and she sort of said, you know, so many women or couples come to us and their marriage has broken down because of this. And wow. so communication is so key. It really is. I mean, it is in any marriage, any relationship, any workplace. It's communication, isn't it, ultimately?
0: Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that understanding of hormones is is quite interesting, isn't it? I think on both sides, my, my brother is a GP actually, and he's had a difficult time, had testicular cancer, had a testes removed and then went through a mental health battle. And then they realized that his testosterone was almost at ground zero. And then that built up right. again. And suddenly that has made a huge, huge impact. I don't think like to, to your point about the, the kind of syllabus at school we don't learn about hormones and what effect they have on us which is probably yeah. weird given that they have a massive effect on us when we're at secondary school anyway
1: yeah yeah and that's the thing and actually you know you try and go out there and learn about it yourself it's pretty overwhelming mm. um, to do that so i think you know absolutely you know it, it impacts it impacts everyone and you know and i think this, this is why having this kind of conversation it's, it's normalising, it's breaking down the stigma, you know, for me it's taking ageism out of it because, mm. you know, there's sort of a presumption of, oh, you know, that's something that happens to women in their 50s, you know, yeah. which annoys me because it's almost like writing off women in their 50s when they're in their prime yeah. and they make up such a staggering percentage of the workforce at that age.
0: Yeah, yeah, what are we missing out on here because people, you know, this is plays into what you're doing now and helping businesses potentially retain people, who, women who are going through Perimenopause. There's a is it a million people you, I think you've written that are leaving the workforce, a million women?
1: Yeah. I mean, some of the data um recently released suggests that up to a million um women have either changed jobs or quit their jobs. Um it's one in ten women will quit the workplace because of symptoms. Um mm. and I, I guess, you know, that the thing that we can do is just start talking about it. And um, you know, I my kind of my strategy my brand strategy um with my coaching company is very focused on really only working with progressive employers um you know it's people who say we need to do more in this space and you know for me it's just it's really quite basic okay you've got women who have sort of committed their 20s and 30s to an organization to a profession to a trade And, you know, they've done their time and they get to the point mid to late thirties where they're on that trajectory of, or Mm. or if not already in senior leadership roles or certainly being, you know, marked for senior leadership through succession planning and things like that. So, and then this hits and it's almost like, oh, I don't know what to do with it. Mm. And I think the interesting thing is, is that a lot of women will say in research Um, I couldn't possibly tell my boss, I would rather quit than tell my boss, right, we need to deal with that, we need to have better conversations, that boss needs to step up, and that woman needs to be able to be in an environment where she feels that she can say what is going on in a Mm. really protected, confidential space, and that boss will then say, okay, I haven't got the resources to help you with that, I'm going to bring in people who can, I'm going to bring in medical professionals, or I'm going to bring in HR experts, or I'm going to bring in coaching to support Mm. you with this particular. And this is
0: where you you come in and and who will you be coaching everyone involved in that scenario, I suppose, in in the workplace? Absolutely. So
1: I coach, um, I coach men and women and I specialise in perimenopause and menopause. So organisations will often bring me in to sort of have that initial conversation. I'm doing loads of talks this month because it's menopause month and sort of explaining my journey, what happened with me and what the fix is. So you know, it's that there's, there's lots of small things. It doesn't matter how large or small you are as a business. You know, if you're a manager within a business listening to this, there is something that you can do mm-hmm. if you employ females. Um, so that there's kind of, you know, there's lots that you can explore. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of big companies, even medium and small companies will have intranets, for example. So it's like, right, what information are you putting on intranets? Women are saying through data, we can't get information from our GP. Some women can't even get an appointment with a GP. Yeah. And then when you're in with a GP and they don't hear or listen or, you know, give you anything that you need, as per my mm. example, then, um, you know, you need to be able to go. Information is key here, you know. And I think, you know, an intranet is a great um, platform for, for um work you know workplaces to be bringing people in and sharing information so that women um feel supported but then equally line managers who may be male can say right this is a great resource for me about how I can have facilitate these conversations and how I can better support that person mm. um and you know it may be longer term support it may be short term support you know for me um it was sort of that that 10-12 months until I got Put on hrt and then after that i felt very much more in control of myself mm. um so look there's opportunities to do internal podcasts you know you bring in yeah. you get a host you get someone like me to come in and host your podcast but bring in an expert so you bring in an hr expert um you bring in a nutritionist a fitness expert you bring in a doctor and and you basically invest in that in order to build up mm. an archive of really valuable information for your staff um and, you know, I think one of the other big issues that I would say um, is that companies that, you know, go through private health schemes for their, for their um, workforce need to be looking at those health insurance providers and really challenging them. Hardly any health, health insurance providers will cover anything around menopause. And it's wow. a really, it's absurd. You know, half the population are going to go through this they're quite yeah. happy to take our money but they're not offering anything for us when we're going to need it
0: so and i think, I it's, think- yeah it's, it's an interesting topic about workplace as well isn't it and the investment in that coaching that you can bring in because it's something i think in our younger years we think rudimentary if you go to work they pay you to do your job and that's it but what you don't realize about is the loss of people leaving the work whether it's burnout i heard a, a guy who specializes in men's health called the whole man academy anthony asprey works with them and he was t- breaking down financially the impact of someone going off work sick with burnout, but actually it's a similar situation here, isn't it? If you can maintain someone's health, it's actually a lot cheaper to to bring in experts to help.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, executive coaching works and makes so much sense across the board. You know, even from the C-suite down, people have coaches. If you look at the number of leaders in FTSE 100 companies, they Mm. all either have a coach or have worked with a coach you know, in a sporting way that we can relate to, you know, football, rugby, cricket, they're not going to go out there and play without a coach, are they? So why would you do it in the workplace? You know, and I think lots of people actively go out and seek coaching for themselves. Um, But I think what what coaching can do here is, um, you know, coaching is very much a support. It's, you know, I, as a coach, I'm in service of, of the coachee. So it's their goal. It's their objective it's what they need Mm. and actually even if it's just having somebody to listen to who has gone through it who knows what that person is saying yeah and I think this is where workplaces are kind of becoming quite savvy now they're identifying we don't know what to do here but actually Anna can come in and she Mm. can work with male bosses she can work with um females who are who are going through perimenopause and menopause she can't fix that medically but she can help stay on target and be very goal focused professionally because why should a woman have to quit her job you know if all she needs is support and extra coaching that is well worth the investment rather than a sort of mid to senior level woman bailing out on an employer who she's been with and who's invested years of of um training and and time in to then just leave because they then don't feel supported or don't know where to go for help is just it's just bad yeah. yeah. And
0: if if you lose female leaders as well you then lose that empathy for younger female people in the workplace who have that but in that leadership role i think that's that's really important i just wanted to ask you before we wrap up about general advice to people who may be going through perimenopause or men who may be listening to this podcast who have got wives sisters daughters as we said who potentially could be in a, a similar situation Any general things health-wise that you can do? I know we talked about alcohol was exacerbating at times your insomnia and things like that. Any general health tips that you you try and follow?
1: Yeah, I mean, I need to do way more exercise than I do. That's something that I'm really, really trying to sort out. And just sat alongside me actually is my Peloton bike, which you got, and I I jumped on like for a good month when we first got it, and. You know, I just haven't done it. I need to get back into exercise, um, even if it's just walking. I think, you know, we all know the benefits of exercise and mental health. And I think, you know, it, it is so important at this point for a woman as well. So I think mm. you know, that, if you know, if you're a man listening, it's that encouragement, make space, make time to encourage that person just to go and have a walk or go for a light jog or jump on a bike or whatever. I think that's really important. And I need to practice what I preach that. Um, And you mentioned alcohol. I know when we spoke before, um, I've pretty much cut out alcohol now and it's been transformative. I didn't want to. Yeah, me too.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) I really didn't want to. And I think, you know, a lot of parents out there will relate. You sort of sit there and think, oh, great, six o'clock, I have a glass of wine. Yeah. Um, But it just, um, I I went on a holiday um, with my family um, to France over the summer and I think I probably got about three or four hours sleep a night mm. um and it was because you know you're in France lovely cheese lovely wine bread you're on holiday and it was just such a wake-up call I came home and I have I have I've hardly touched a drop since and yes. the sleep the change in sleep has been amazing so I would share that that's worked for me good um and I think that, you know, there's a lot of really good um, advice out there around nutrition and just being really, really careful what you're eating. Um, you know, when, when you're feeling a little bit low mood and this that, and the other, like reach for the biscuits. or Yeah, the sugar. Your,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Great. You know, and it's all stuff that we know. It's just, I think for me, it's discipline. Okay. Mm. I need to be more disciplined to exercise. The discipline around alcohol has actually been quite easy for me, but I know for others, you need a little bit more discipline um i take supplements i think yeah. the supplement space is a whole different podcast that you, i'm sure you can explore yeah yeah time. no um uh and, and and that helps um not skipping meals i think you know it's all the stuff that mm. we should be doing yeah, anyway it's foods, just yeah. about yeah. you know it's really just about doing it properly every day um lots and lots of water as well i think makes yes
0: difference. yeah yeah just keep it up with you all times sure. yeah
1: um yeah, I think they would probably be my three or four top tips. But alcohol is the main one for me. That's that's had the deepest impacts on me.
0: Brilliant. I think that I've, I can sort of second that in terms of affecting your your sleep and things like that. Anna, before we go then, it's been brilliant having you on. And I, I think it's been amazing, illuminating for me because actually I always knew, knew you as someone very calm, relaxed and in leadership positions. So to be candid about what you've been throwing is is brilliant and i appreciate that insight and hopefully it will help people even if it's a lot of men as i say listening to the the podcast how do we reach you if people want to to find out more
1: great yeah so um in terms of coaching if anyone wants to sort of have a have a chat about coaching and how it could probably help them or, or their workplace um so it's www.allertoncoaching.com and then on in on instagram and facebook it's um at allerton coaching and then i'm on linkedin as Anna yep. yep. Hamilton, so find me, send me a message, say hi. It'd be nice to hear from people.
0: Brilliant, yeah. You, your LinkedIn is very interesting. You post some really illuminating stuff on there as well. And it's been great to speak to you and catch you up. And good on you. It's a brave thing, and I think it's a noble thing as well to be helping people. Thank you for coming onto the pod.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I really enjoyed that, and I know the the fan base or listenership, fan base is probably taking it to extremes, of the podcast is predominantly male. That's what the the data says, and how people know that, I don't know, but it's a little bit scary, but that says that on the the information I have for the podcast. But nonetheless, I think it's an important topic and one that we can empathise with any of us who are in relationships and have mothers, daughters, as I say, have a mother, daughter and a wife, so... It's good to know these things. I think broadly the topic of hormones and the impact on our bodies is, is significant and a mindset and that mental fog that Anna alludes to. I know people with low testosterone have talked about that lack of energy and enthusiasm and it's sort of analogous with depression, but can be altered physiologically with a tweak of the hormones. So I think it's important to, to, to do that and all those principles that Anna came back to at the end there in terms of healthy living, I think are relevant to all of us. Uh, but hopefully you enjoyed that if you did please rate it on itunes or whatever platform you're listening to it on thank you for for listening to the podcast and word of mouth reference to anyone that may benefit from that podcast in particular it would be fantastic whether it is a female in your in your life and i uh, just want to say thank you for listening thank you to the sponsors bang olivson of cheltenham and serene av remember if you're looking to optimize your immunity head to cytoplan.co.uk c-y-t-o-p-l-a-n.co.uk And for 30% off your purchase, first purchase, 10% thereafter, discount code is DRAPER10R, my last name, draper E R one zero and the capital letter R. Remember the free mentoring session with Anthony Asprey of the Whole Man Academy is available in the show notes. And if you're looking to or interested in the concept of recording a loved one's life story, their treasured memories in their voice, you may be interested in something my wife and I are developing called Attic Box Audio. Head to atticboxaudio.co.uk or head to our website, drapermedia.co.uk. There's a subsidiary page there. Just an idea of me sitting down with members of the public who I think all have meaningful and powerful stories. Certainly I enjoy them and I know their loved ones benefit from them. But more about that at drapermedia.co.uk or atticboxaudio.co.uk. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Have a great week. Bye for now.